And we're recording. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. And when I say everyone, just Daisy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you think anyone's listening? Well, we're in this weird moment where we haven't actually released our first episode yet. Yeah, so we've got no idea. people listening to this one have listened to the first episode, I'm assuming. Of course. Uh, All of them. I think, yeah, do you know what? I think we've got a massive following by now. I think we've probably hit the news. Yeah, we've had one episode out, so I'm saying like... We must be getting good, solid 500,000 listening to this At one. least, at least. And especially with the adverts, I mean, they must be raking in the money. I actually yeah, had a look at the um, uh, the other day. Uh, uh, yeah, it's looking really good, actually. Yeah, I think we might adverts. be able to get a bigger studio now. Yeah. In the studio we've What's already the company got. that's doing them again? Um, yeah, I just can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, very good, though. Hello. Um, yeah, so we're back. Uh, we've not been cancelled yet. Um, which is nice. Um, yes, we're back for episode two of uh, kind of this initial series. I think we're thinking we've done about six, aren't we? Yeah, six let's to start give it a with. go. Oh, that was high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, let's give it a go. Oh, you sound like a very dodgy uncle at a wedding. Um, That's my vibe. <laughs> that is the vibe. It's not my vibe. Here's <laughs> <laughs> his vibe. Scratch that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yes, I think we're thinking of doing about six. Um, so this is number two, uh, and see kind You're of how we two. go after then. Sorry. <laughs> You're such a child. <laughs> Jesus. And also, while we're here, um, we've, uh, we, we've got our logo now, which is all kind of done, and, and we'll be yeah. ready for the first episode, um, possibly on the second. I We'd did it. Funny. Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah, you did do it. <laughs> I did it, with, but with instruction. Yes, with strict instruction from myself. Uh, because I have all the ideas, I just make someone else do it. I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Really. Unless the logo shit, then Callum did it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but no, so I, I feel like I need to, for people that don't know me who are listening to this, I think we need to maybe just clarify why I look like a sheep. Oh, um, in the logo. Yeah, in the logo. Because this one is just a bit odd. I've, I've I was, didn't it? start this. This was before meeting me that people called you sheep yeah so i was i've been called sheep boy for a long time and it's mainly because my hair i grew my hair out for a role when i was younger um when i was about 16 and um and i never had curly hair before this this is top quality podcasting by the way talking about my hair um and uh anyway i then grew my hair out and it got very curly um and then since then i've been known as sheep boy um and uh yeah and there we go and that's um People like to touch my hair, and that's about the closest yeah. I get to any kind of human interaction. Um, but I remember immediately latching onto that when I met you. Probably mm. like far too we soon. Were like, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, sheep boy, haha. Well, it was really weird. Sheepy I, hair. I went to university, and then people ca- started calling me sheep boy even then, and what, I was separately like, separately to to like. Yeah, people that didn't know me before, oh, like right. you know, people that never knew me, and I was like, that's so weird. And then I said. By the way, I, I said to one of my friends, I was like, why do you call me Sheep Boy? And I'm like, well, it's on your Instagram. I was like, oh, oh that's, that's ruined it. Uh. <laughs> I just thought I was synonymous, synonymously Sheep Boy. Um, but no, there we go. Um, but yeah, anyway, how you been? I'm, I've been good, thank you. And I, I need to, like, once I've talked about myself... Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you always will. <laughs> I need to ask you what you do. Because I'm listening <laughs> back to it. Because like, you're hosting. Like, you were like, uh, just throwing so many questions at you. And like, I'm, I'm not you quite used to this yet. And I was just answering them. And I, I listened back. I was like, I did not ask that man once what he was doing. <laughs> I'm such a you bad. Did. I mean, you are bad. You're terrible. Yeah, terrible yeah. friend. Terrible person. I don't really care. Uh, no, you don't, do you? No. About me, about anyone. Um, 
I'm good, thank you. Uh, since we last recorded podcast, I have been on a screen acting course Ooh. at City Academy. Um, Where? City Academy in London. Are we in London? I feel like I'm, they're paying us here, cause, uh, but they're not. Um, <laughs> no, they're great. They I am a big advocate of people not going to drama or school or university. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying... No, sorry, that sounds wrong. I'm not saying don't go. I'm saying I'm... Uh, I'm a big supporter of like of people that like it's not for them and it certainly wasn't for me. Um, so this is a nice kind of way of um, yeah, packing up my kind of that sounds weird. <laughs> my way of like <laughs> building up my knowledges, uh, my knowledge and experience, and uh, yeah, and my skills uh, in terms of acting uh, and creative things without going to to uni and I'm doing a lot of kind of courses at the moment I'm doing like online screenwriting courses and um, I'm a big believer in kind of just yeah getting out there and, and making and doing your own stuff and kind of yeah finding your own way and um, mm. I've been really enjoying doing the screen acting course it was like a five day intensive it was run by um, Scarlett Veray or Scarlett Alice Johnson she has been in like um, BBC Freeze Pram Face and EastEnders, Good Karma Hospital. Ooh. She's yeah, but she's uh, just th- the most amazing teacher, and yeah, it was brilliant. It was really oh, good. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, awesome. I think it's you know what I think it's a really. I talk about you to people, which I hate to admit to you, uh, quite a lot to be fair, because I think you're a really good example of um, uh, an alternate route of getting t- of becoming a creative and, and getting there, and um, because. I think so much, especially when we were at college, it's so much in, ingrained into you that you must go to, well, first of all, drama school. Like, university yeah. is very much snubbed. Like, people don't like to admit it, but it is. University is incredibly snubbed. Like, when I said to people I was going to university, that was very snubbed that I wasn't waiting and going to drama school. And, yeah, um, why are you not going to RADA, darling? Yeah, and I think that there are so many different ways to do it. And, yes, there are absolutely advantages to, to doing that. And... Um, but I just think, yeah, I just think there are so many different ways of doing it. It's not a linear path. And I think the f- what I say to people when I talk about you is that you've you've not gone down that kind of traditional path, but you're still very successful. You're still very creative. You um, you did do a bit of, uh, obviously, you did a, you started off doing an apprenticeship, didn't you? I did an apprenticeship in technical theatre, so it wasn't yes. even performance. It yeah, was, yeah. It, it wasn't a, cr- a creative, mm. um, yeah, it wasn't a creative learning um, and funnily enough, um, I've had two acting teachers on these courses. I've been one Scarlett Beret, I've just mentioned. Uh, second, Deobia Operai, who is in uh, Sex Education. He plays Eric's dad. He's oh. uh, it was in Game of Thrones as well with Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, wow. Again, uh, both of those did not go to drama school. Did mm-hmm. not go to uni. Um, they kind of just found their career kind of that way um and it's been really helpful talking to them because i have mm-hmm. i can't mention which theater it is yet until tickets go online but i've got an upcoming uh one person show in london and that's kind of like my point for like prep- preparing for like agents and casting directors and stuff to kind of come mm-hmm. along and see that and so uh i'm hoping that'll be a good next step for me mm-hmm. um yeah so just it's been yeah it's been really really helpful and nice to be have that kind of like flexible way of, of learning yeah, I think it's great because I, I don't think that university or drama school or whatever is for everyone. I think it's very kind of structured and you're there for three years or sometimes four. Um, and that's for some people, but it's it's not for everyone. And it's this really weird shift in that 
uh, however many years ago, kind of very few people went to university and you only went to university if you were doing specific things like yeah. um, if you were going to be a vet or a doctor and dentist, those kind of mainly in the medical profession or law or anything like that. Um, and even then you would have to come from like a, a well-to-do, well-off family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's gone the complete opposite direction. And now it's it's like everyone needs to go to university and you just don't. And I think... Um, yeah, I just think it's nice to for people to know that there are different options yeah. and and that you can still get to the same end goal just through a slightly different yeah, yeah. route. Yeah, and I'd have I'd have absolutely loved, like I would I would have enjoyed it, a hundred percent. But I just itch too much to get on. It's it's the it's the going away for three years and mm. I don't know why. Of course, it's not not progressing. Of course, it's entirely progressing. You you are learning new things and mm. you're being taught and it's like it's a big part in your life when you meet loads of people. It, it would, but for me, I don't know. I just itch too much to kind of just get out into the world. Yeah. I think. No. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing a, a film acting course in London. Um, and with, there's been a two week gap. So the first week I was just ill in bed <laughs> and the second week I was doing film acting course. So, so what have you been up to? <laughs> You're actually going to ask me yeah, what yeah. I'm up to. And you've got some <laughs> news to share. I do. I do have some news to share. So by the time this goes, this by the time this goes out, it will be, it'll be all official and put to paper, and I'll, I'll put it um, online on on uh, my Instagram and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so I now have an agent, which is very exciting, um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of quite a big milestone for me and for anyone who kind of becomes an actor. Um, so yeah, so it's really really exciting. Um, I, I I was looking for quite a while um and uh yeah and i've uh, very lucky in that um our very good friend and someone that we work with uh jack fisher he recommended me his agent um and i kind of looked at other agencies but in the end this was kind of the best option for me at, at this stage so it's the same agency as jack yeah same agency as jack yeah same um, specific agent as well yeah say same agent yeah abby um and uh yeah it's do you know what i need to I need to check now exactly what the agency is so that I can give her a little little plug. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so she's currently in India at the moment do, doing some stuff. Um, but when she comes back, we'll put pen to paper. Uh, yeah, so that's really kind of exciting uh, for me. And, and I absolutely know, I think you've got to be a real realist with it. And I know that jobs aren't going to come around straight away. And I, I know that from experience of my friends who, who have already got agents. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm going into that uh, and I generally go into to all of this in the industry with a very kind of realist head on and yeah, I yeah. know what it's going to be. I know people aren't going to trip over over me to, to, to give me work and, um, and that I'm going to have to look for my own work as well and that Absolutely. she's not going to find me everything and I'm not even going to get everything that she gives me. Um, so yeah, so I'm going into it kind of in in that way um and uh yes i'm really really excited to properly get get going with her and and see what we can see what we can do that is great news congratulations it is very good news thank you very much but how was that listening to someone else talk about themselves was that was that painful no it was very interesting (laughs) he's lying (laughs) back to me um (laughs) but i tell you what no i'd say before before we move on um, yeah, so that's that's all very good, um, but more so, even more exciting is that I uh, rediscovered one of my great loves uh, the other day. Um, it's one of the most exhilarating things I think I have ever done or will ever do, and something that I particularly did when I was a child and I rediscovered it is um, trolley drifting. 
trolley drifting. Trolley drifting. Now, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You will when I talk about it. So I went into a shop uh, with my mum called Macro, which is like a big wholesaler. So a massive building with like really large lanes like uh, in between the shelves and you get a trolley and they're perfect trolleys because they've got the, the bits underneath where, we, where you can put your feet on, so you push off and you just drift around. And it was absolutely incredible. I was drifting around the shop. I looked like such... I'm 23, but I look like a five-year-old. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. And it's that thing where you just look around and see if there's anyone looking. And then you go and you see someone and you just style it out and you just start walking. It was it was brilliant fun. Um, I'd say that that's kind of pretty much near the top and maybe just below is uh, running when you're drunk. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. Because that's also incredible, like... I don't, I don't know if, if you'd agree with me, but it's like, if you've ever watched Star Wars, going into light speed. Oh, I know. And like, it's just things like just little dots just fly past you and you feel like you're running faster than Usain Bolt. It's absolutely incredible. I don't incredible. even remember it happening. It's just like A to B. Boom. Yeah, done. it's amazing. I'm like, wow. Because I'm quite fast, like, <laughs> normally. You've got very long limbs. I've got very long limbs. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm basically all leg and a little bit of torso. It's very strange. All my height is just, uh, I'm very disproportionate. I'll tell you what, if you were single, that'd be great to put on your Tinder. I'm all leg. I'm like a frog, basically. <laughs> I'm a human frog. Uh, so oh. I can, yeah, I can light light speed travel when I'm drunk. It's, it's the same speed, it's just not for me. Like, all I want to do is I want someone to film me while I'm doing it. Yeah. Just to see what I actually And it'd be like, like, actually, that's really slow. I'm just like <laughs> yeah. meandering all over. But it's incredible. It's the best, but it's my favourite part. Of like going out and having a drink, and it's not like I'm really drunk. It's like if I'm going out for a few pints with my friends, and you just, you're not like paralytic, but you just, you feel warm. It's that warm yeah, yeah, feeling, yeah. and you just feel like a little, a bit rubbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I once knocked myself out from running too fast. <laughs> right? Do you tell? Uh, I was at the park with my mates. Um, this makes it sound like I was really young. I was <laughs> sixteen. Um, <laughs> Which is really young, but not to be hanging out at a park with your mates and getting yourself knocked out in a race. And uh, two of my friends, they just started a race uh, without me. Mm-hmm. And uh, me being like really quick and uh, having issues with my pride. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, they didn't include me, but I'm going to win the race anyway. <laughs> and so I just, I like bolted faster than I've ever run before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the fence was the, the kind of finishing point. And I finished by running directly into the pole part of the fence and uh, blacked out for a few seconds, came to, bleeding profusely from my head. And I've still got a scar on my eyebrow. Why have I never heard that before? Because we we have these chats all the time. Like I'm looking, uh, me and Chris are looking at some point and doing an open mic night, like going going and doing like, for you doing a bit of maybe singing, like comedy singing stuff, for me doing a bit of stand-up comedy. And um, all of my stuff. Sorry, I'm I'm actually going to burst your bubble a little bit. I'm going tomorrow. Why have you not told me this? Because Daisy told me this when I got back from London the other day. She's like, there's an open mic. Well, you can still go. Do you want to go tomorrow? I don't think, I don't know if I'm around or not. Tomorrow night. Oh, I think about it. I'm sorry, I feel like I've crushed you there. (laughs) You have crushed me. But I still don't know that I want to do it. Where are you going? Where are you going? Foodies. Right. But I think they are just music. I don't know they do. Oh, really? Yeah, because Daisy was saying about comedy. comedy. Mm. I don't know that they do comedy. Well, if not, I look somewhere else. 
But, um, but anyway, I yeah. I still so want to go with you, Callum. I feel bad, man. Yeah, you're a terrible man. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so we're looking at, um, well, I say now, I'm looking, uh, looking. At, <laughs> at doing some, uh, starting a bit of stand-up comedy at some point. Well, um, I'm not. I'm not doing stand-up. No, 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 not you. No, no, no. You're doing, like, comedy songs and stuff, yeah, aren't yeah. you? So it's slightly different. Um, the lowest form of comedy. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I'm, so I, I, I've been putting kind of material together. And um, my stuff is kind of just generally like how my life ends up being tragic. I just really funny, tragic things happen to me. And we always talk about this and you always say, oh, you got so many stories. Nothing tragic's happened to me. Why did you never tell me that one? Because that's tragic. That is that's tragic. Not... I won. <laughs> All right, Dennis. <laughs> I won the race. There was no tragedy involved. That's brilliant, though. I'm, I'm peeking my that. mic here. I can see it. I'm going to turn my gain down a little bit. Ooh, wow. Glory again. Wow. Um, yeah, no. I guess that's tragic a little bit. I think so. I just don't think... Honestly, we had a... We were, doing, we were on tour, and we went to <laughs> Colchester, which is about a two-hour drive back from, mm-hmm. from where we live. Um, I don't live with Callum, as in we live in the same area <laughs> of the world. Yet. <laughs> um, he's locked the doors. <laughs> um... No, and we, I, we drove back, and our actor friends Jack was in the back, and he was like, "All right, lads, I'm going to sleep." So he went to sleep. That was a really bad Jack impression. Well, I think <laughs> it's quite good. Actually. I think uh, I appreciate that. So he went to sleep, and uh, we just chatted, and Callum just shared like harrowing <laughs> story after story of just the lo- lowest points in. Uh, at each one you told me, I was like, "That's the lowest point in your life," and then it just got lower and lower, and, I, and it, like really like grim stuff, man. And then you just turned to me like, "Oh, your turn." And I was like, "I have nothing to share with you." Like you could that. Have had that. That's not. That doesn't even scratch the surface of like no. the tragedy of your I've life. I've got like <laughs> no offense. Notes, like pages and pages of notes, yeah. and they're not like like horrible. Just so in, they're not like horrible things. Like I've not had horrible things happen to me. Like I'm fine, but just really funny, embarrassing things that a lot of the time are self-inflicted by accident. Um, I'm just a very yeah, just a very clumsy man, um, and just yeah, just I must have some bad juju or something, uh, bad luck. Well, Daisy says that luck's genetic; that you're genetically <laughs> predisposed to have right. bad luck. Well, I don't know what the evolutionary benefit of that is. That might be complete <laughs> bullshit. None. But well, my I believe my dad was born on Friday the thirteenth. So <laughs> there you go. It was brewing. That's a whole film idea right there, born. actually. I was born on Friday the 13th, and now it's given me powers. Look at me. I shit my pants wherever I go. I was worried then that you were going to release one of the stories. Am I not allowed to say these? Can I say the overall, the two words that sum up all of your stories? Can I yeah, say all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I won't go into too many details, because I want you to come see Callum's show whenever it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the two words, meat slop can sum up all of your stories <laughs> amazingly that's it's like yeah the, it's it really weird all up. and i still believe it should be the title of your show but you're the jury's out on that one isn't it <laughs> meat slop no spaghetti meat slop no spaghetti which yeah it sounds so random but it'll, it'll all make sense yeah um but uh yeah so so wow. you've got an agent yes which is great <laughs> go back that to that is really yeah cool. Got an agent. That very, very nicely done. Yeah. So that's very exciting. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what what happens. See what happens there. Cool. 
So yeah, I think this is a good time to have a have a quick break, and then we're going to talk about uh, after the advert break um, about uh, the recommendations that we've watched uh, from last week and Cam's yes. confession as well. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. I'm so sorry. Well, how about in the break you watch it or you pretend to watch it, and then we'll we'll go. Was I not meant to say I hadn't watched it? Do yeah. we do the intro? Oh, we haven't done the intro. We haven't done the intro. No. You don't like the intro because it's me sat with a guitar being a prick. No. Um, I'm absolutely fine you being talented. I'm absolutely fine with that. Absolutely. Oh, fine. come on. This isn't like the best <laughs> song ever, is it? It's me like... <laughs> I do that. <laughs> it's great. Okay. And now for the intro, it's Christopher Satan Clark. Chris and Callum's Film Club, they're sitting on some chairs, they're chatting shit about films, but who really cares? See you after the break, see you after the break! Are you struggling to hear people? I said, are you struggling to hear people? Well, if you are, then get yourself down to your local branch of wax removers. Oh, I loved wax removers. Yeah, they took it all out. There was enough in there to make a candle. (laughs) Wax removers will take the wax free of tax. Right, we're recording again. I just chuck you straight into these, don't I? I'm sat here with a laptop and I just like, go. I'm loving it. Callum, um, we're recording. Deal with it. Good. Uh, and we're back. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I realised I never said the name of my <laughs> agency um, uh, in the last segment. So that's good. So I've looked that up. She's listened already and you're fired. Gone. Contract. <laughs> Done. Uh, so it's uh, Abby uh, and it's AKP Management. Um, so yeah, um, I would say go with that uh, team, but don't because I want all the jobs that she's finding. Um, if you're so a... White, 23-year-old man with some nice curly hair. <laughs> Apply. There's not many of us about. Do you know, I had a really... Some of the other agents... What, white men? No, 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 no. Very few. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that's, that's what's going to cancel us. Um, I'm in the minority. Um, anyway. Uh, dyslexic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm dyspraxic as well. Just to add to the IBS from last week, I'm also dyspraxic. Yeah. Uh, and look like Maybe a this luck thing is true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good, is it? What do you mean? No, it, I, it's good. It's a good thing to be dyspraxic, you horrible man. It's given. Do you know what? Actually, I'm like, there's, there's no benefit to it whatsoever. You looked really angry then. You were like, it was like you are going to throw a punch at me. You'd have missed. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, no, I was speaking to some agents, and uh, one of them said to me, um, Oh, was it? No, Sorry, I think did I just it was... spit right in your face? Then? No, you didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> I, Sorry. I think it might have been Abby, actually. She um, and a few others, they were like, oh, you got a really good look for commercials. I was like, oh, that's good. And they also said, um, oh, also, um, you'd be really good for period dramas because you've got a very wide face. <laughs> so apparently I've got a wide face. Wide face. Yeah. Do I have a wide face, Chris? Yeah. Sorry. Thank I'll, you. I'll think about that a bit more. <laughs> I guess it could be... Con- no, yeah, you do have a wide face. Oh, jeez. It's you. not a bad thing. <laughs> it's, uh, no. It will look striking on camera. Striking. Striking on camera. Thank you. I don't um, know where I was going with that. I just started saying things. Uh, and do you know what? Before we move on, actually, um, I was going to say about agents. Anyone that might be looking for an agent at the moment, um, I think what the, the big thing that I found was that you've got to look... And I, I spoke to the agent that I've now got... You've got to look around everyone. You've got to really look at your options and don't kind of don't jump too early. Um, and uh, yeah, have a good look around and see 
I, I think a lot of the time, same thing if you're going into drama schools or, or with jobs in general, is that you'll think, okay, well, it's all about what they kind of see in me, whether they want me, but it's also if you want them, yeah, especially yeah. with an agent, it's got to be such a two-way thing. Um, so they've got to be right for you. They've really got to be right for you. And, and it's all about obviously the boring stuff like the percentages and contract length and, and stuff like that. Um, and especially really weird things like um, some agents will, uh, uh, do you know what? I think a lot of agents do, do do this, but I just find it a really weird thing where some agents will charge even if you find the job. Yeah. I was talking to my film teacher about that and I was I was kind of coming at, at it from a perspective of, like, I couldn't really comprehend mm. that but he said but they're still working for you all the time they're like mm. they're still going out they're still like meeting with casting directors they're still like mm. like networking for you and doing mm. stuff for you so it's just a communication thing I get just like just be like I'm doing this what do you think and it's like 50 quid mm. and yeah I don't know yeah um I'm in the process of looking for one. Well, not really. I'm I'm getting ready to look for one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't want to. I'm I'm wanting to invite people to a performance. I feel like I'm waiting to like a point where I know that my work is going to be mm. good and polished and ready. Well, I'd say don't do that because you'll be waiting forever. Um. But I, oh. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that wasn't being horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think. Um, yeah. No, I think it's it's a really good thing to invite them to, yeah, to yeah. performances um and uh, yeah so if anyone's looking for uh, a quite lanky uh, man that's uh, moderately uh, talented uh, quite creative uh, he has good intentions then um he yeah write uh, the theme tune <laughs> sing the theme tune yeah <laughs> then don't choose chris choose someone else um <laughs> no i think yeah i think uh, good luck i think it's uh, it's really interesting actually to to kind of look into the to the world and kind of see what it's all about. Um, I think there's so much kind of mystery shrouded around mm. um, agents and stuff like that. But um, do you know what? The the meetings that I did have with people, they're really nice. They're certainly the ones I chatted with anyway. Yeah. They're, just, they're just people, just really lovely people that um, want to find you jobs. Yeah. No, I'm excited to dive into it, into that world. Awesome. When I'm ready. Well, should we get on with um, the first bit of, of the meat of, uh, of today's episode? Yeah, then? so we've chatted quite a lot, but I still think that it's, it's interesting to those out there that are wanting to get into the industry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like us. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't agree, um, we think it's inter- interesting, so that's all that matters. And we're the ones with the microphones, so yeah, just exactly. sit there and deal with it, mate. Yeah, or, you know, Skip you do ahead. your own podcast, so... Uh, uh, please listen um, to us and tell your friends. You know, please. I mean, if you can get them us some you know like brand deals that'd be really nice well, you've got loads of brand deals lined up oh yeah yeah but you know i just want more yeah a bit more just like more money i've Legitimate actually got a suitcase ones. full of money here um although i probably shouldn't say that um it's it's all kosher it's fine it's all going for dibs. the accounts <laughs> you're not getting any of it no dibs dibs works for stuff like that right <laughs> dibs okay cool fine <laughs> Sounds sounds fair. Um, so let's talk about some stuff. So recommendations from last week. Uh, Shall we do? Uh, let's talk about the recommendation I gave you first. Yeah, I uh, I told Chris to look at men. I, did you he do did, it? And as soon as you left, I went on my laptop and <laughs> I looked up men. And then the next day, I watched the film 
men. <laughs> I was waiting for how you were going to do the joke. Yeah, nice, nicely done, nicely uh, done. Men by Alex Garland, and I loved it. That's absolutely oh. my kind of film. It's the wrong thing to say, but <laughs> good. <laughs> no, I loved it. I oh, love good. films like that. It's so, um, it, it's I don't know. It's so. It's just so gripping, and like every little element is is used to kind of create fear and I love how oh, there's just such a beautiful sequence where she goes into a tunnel and mm. and just does all these kind of weird echoey sounds and then it, that just gets layered and built into the soundtrack yeah. throughout the rest of the film. It's so good. I love the choice that Rory Kinnear plays every yeah. every man in the film apart from her. Spoilers by the way if anyone's going to watch it. Um, I'm not saying too much though. No, you're not saying too much. But yeah. But I think prob- probably good yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just to, we'll just say to I might slip out spoiler because um, exactly because I've got the microphone. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no, it was really good, and I, I really, I, I think this is like a good debate topic we could have at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those films where I did Google a lot of like what it was about and the symbolism behind it, mm. and I always love doing that with a film. And it helps me like appreciate it and understand it a bit more. But it would be a good debate to have about whether a film should should leave you needing mm. to go and, and look up stuff and try and interpret it, interpret mm. more, or whether it should just you know entertain you and you should understand everything that happens in it. Yeah. I think that'd be a good debate to have. Anyway, it is one of those films where you're left like you're left wondering a lot of things. You're left kind of it. It tells the story heavily through metaphor. Um, and there's a lot of kind of themes of like religion and yeah, kind of patriarchy and patriarchy within religion mm. um, and guilt and how kind of women are are, are, are treated and uh, how, you know, if there's like a something bad happens in a relationship, it always seems to be perceived as the woman's fault. I think that was a lot of what was trying to be told in the film. Um, and it was by written and directed by Alex Garland, who did um, Deus Ex... Not Deus Ex Machina, Ex Machina. Yeah, the film Ex Machina, which is brilliant. And yeah, he's got a very intense mm. style of storytelling, and I really enjoyed it. I just, um, yeah, I loved it. Really I good mean, film. I'm glad. I did think that you would that it'd be your kind of thing because it, it is. It's so weird. I don't even know if I'd use the word in enjoyed. I kind of, I finished it, and I was like. I mean, I did. I did, did look up stuff, and luckily, I went to go and see it with um, my friends, who we were all kind of we're all film fans. Yeah. Um, so that was nice to kind of debate it afterwards. Um, but um, yeah, it's it really messes with your head, and there's so much going on, and it's actually it's quite graphic towards the end, isn't it? Oh like, yeah, it's really really graphic. graphic. I'd really like to know actually how they did it. Um, some of that stuff at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah. No, I just, I just love, I just love low budget films. I think I just love, mm. yeah. It's, it's really I mean, good. saying low budget to be, I thought they did a really good. Obviously, it's not a spoiler, but Rory Kinnear obviously plays all of the, the men in the film, other than uh, the um, Jesse Butler's partner. character's partner. Um, but and he plays a small child, a small boy. Yeah. I thought they, I mean, there's a bit of an uncanny valley about it, but I thought they did that for a like small budget film really well. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought that was done better than like Disney do yeah. Luke Skywalker, uh, some of the de-aging stuff they do there. Yeah. I think that was done really well. I say well. small budget. It was still would have had like a big budget because it's Alex Garland. Uh, but is it like yeah. in terms of, of normal and Hollywood cinema? And it's A24, is it? 
A24, I think they're one of the strongest production yeah. companies out there. Mm. I love, there's so many of their films are just brilliant. Yeah. Um, they seem to be, it's like a good stamp of approval. No, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, very, very gritty and very gory. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, it's quite a harrowing film. I, and I did enjoy it. I love mm. films like that. <laughs> I love to be just, I'm, I've got to, I watched so many dark films when I was little, mm. but I'm just so not affected by them now. It's, mm. I just enjoy Enjoy the storytelling, and I think horror is. Um, I think mainstream horror can so easily be very samey, and mm. I know when all the jump scares are coming and stuff like that. And so to find, like, I love horror films that just make you scared in a different way than normal. Um, yeah, and I think the, especially I found with that film is not knowing. I genuinely had no idea what was coming next, and I think that was the. And that's kind of the complete opposite of what we were talking about um, in the last episode about kind of the superhero films and especially kind yeah. of MCU and stuff. And quite often you can kind of predict what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's so nice with a film like Men and a lot of independent films, you have no idea what's yeah. going on. It really, like, it, this film really caught me off guard. And I was quite lucky, I think, in the fact that I went into the film. I was just told, um, I just went with my friends and we just said, uh, okay, we're just going to, go and see the film i didn't watch any trailers or anything before i had no idea yeah and i don't do that very often nowadays obviously there's a trailer there's about a million trailers for every film and it's really nice to go in blind and just experience it as i think you're really supposed to experience films yeah and yeah it was um it was a, it was a lot an assault on the senses i think i'd say especially with the musical score yeah um yeah, yeah amazing. Score was beautiful mm. yeah no really strong really strong loved it Amazing. Loved it. What did you think of my favourite film, Sightseers? <laughs> well, um, the fact that it's your favourite film says so much. <laughs> I feel like I genuinely, I feel like I've never, I've never understood you more than <laughs> more than I have after watching this film. Oh, my humor, my I writing. understand your writing. No, I do. I understand your humour and specifically your writing far better than I ever have before. Yeah. Like, obviously, we're doing a um, little plug. Uh, we've been doing a play. We taught it last October, um, Last Shot and Confess, and we're touring yeah. it again this March. Um, and um, I, I genuinely feel better equipped now to do those plays now that I've watched this film. Yeah, yeah. Because I get kind of understand you, where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I did before, but more so now. And I think so is the straightness with which it's played... Yeah, yeah. This film is 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 why I understand it's what you're doing. It's the mundanity of the extreme situation. It's so mundane, like it's uh, it's just. And actually, before I properly get into this, I just wanted to a quick word on men before I properly get into this. Of course, sorry. Yeah, um, is because uh, I don't think we we really said it, but Jesse Buckley's performance in that in Men was incredible. Yeah, she. Uh, it was she just I, I wouldn't say I, I think it's unfair to say that she carried the film because the film didn't need carrying and obviously Rory Kinnear was fantastic but she was just centre to, to all of it and her just everything it was absolutely incredible and yeah. a, a flawless performance um, and I didn't see my, my biggest bugbear is where you can see the actor behind the character and I couldn't I couldn't see her yeah, at yeah. all it was just amazing um I don't know if I'm recommending it to you today, but she's in a great film called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm. I mentioned it last podcast, yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah, again, she's she's getting cast in like a lot of like weird <laughs> head 
spinny kind mm. of films, and I, lo- I love. Ah, oh, if I if I was a film actor, I'd love mm. I'd love to be cast in all those films. Yeah, just stuff that makes your head spin. I think you'd probably. I mean, obviously, you'd prefer the money of the bigger budget films and, and stuff like that. But I think isn't that amazing as an actor to be able to do films like that that yeah, yeah. people really actually don't just consume like everything else, but genuinely enjoy and make yeah. you feel like how amazing is that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize she was Irish. Oh, she might is not be. She? Well, she's Irish in the film in Men, but she might not be Irish. She had a, an Irish accent in Men. Do you know, I forgot that. I didn't even yeah. realize that. Oh wow. But yeah. Yeah, she's. She, yeah, just wanted to say that because I think she is, and Rory Kinnear is fantastic in 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 everything that he does in that. Um, but she is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I want to look out for everything that she's in now. Um, right. So yes, sightseers. sightseers. Um. Let me just have a look at what I've put here. So what I loved about this is it starts off, and I, we were speaking about this last time, in, in that we both love things which you think are one thing and then there's something yeah, totally yeah. different. And this film epitomizes that more than anything I've ever seen. Like at the start, it's like a, it's a straight comedy. Yeah. Like it's basically a straight comedy. And the tone is set right from the beginning where the credits, opening credits are going and all you hear is just this weird moaning. And it's yeah. the mum moaning about the it's the, the dead dog. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And from then on, I was like, "This is going to be such a weird film." It's so weird. Um, but it's so like, there's so many. I, I've written down some open, some some just funny lines because so much. I was going to just talk to you about that. Daisy and I quote it because the main character is called well, the main male character is called Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we have so many silly quotes from it all the time. I'm interested to see what you've written. It's down. just so some of my favourites are. Um, uh, and quite a lot of them are quite close to the beginning when when I still thought it was like a straight comedy. Um, it's... Uh, the, okay, so... Remind me of the female character's name? Tina. Tina. Oh, she's brilliant. She's, I need to talk about her. She's brilliant. She says to, to her mum, she says... Um, uh, I, I think her mum says, oh, who am I going to... I've got no friends or whatever it is. And Tina goes, I'm your friend. And her mum goes... You're not a friend. You're a relative. Uh, <laughs> and from then I was like, "Yeah, I'm hooked." Because that's, I mean, it's that's so funny. It's the Brummy accent as well. Yeah, you're not a friend. You're a relative. Um, and what else is it? I was. Um, oh, Tina goes. They're about to leave on the. So a bit of context. Basically, they go on a caravan holiday. Um, Chris takes Tina on the caravan holiday, and it turns out Chris isn't quite who Tina thought her, he was. Um, and how much can I say without spoiling it? Should I? It's the premise of the film. He he, a, yeah, he, he, he starts to murder. He people. starts to murder people um, that annoy him. Like anyone that like particularly gets his goat. He yeah. will, and, and it's that weird dark side of the brain thing that I think a lot of people have that yeah. they never admit. But this show, this this yeah. film, just outwardly says, uh, "Yeah, and, I'm going to kill." And them. so I could say, Teen is basically the main character. It's her kind of like journey of like, yeah. oh, I like this man, but he's he's a killer and it's just because they're so dysfunctional it's their kind yeah. of it's like a it's like a really mundane British Bonnie and Clyde isn't it yeah it, that's exactly what it is yeah. and um, so, so uh, this quote so they're about to leave on the caravan holiday and she goes um, I don't think I could cope without potpourri Chris <laughs> this, <laughs> what are you talking about yeah yeah and um, oh what was Oh, there was. There's so many. Um, Can I fire some off? That yeah, Daisy yeah. Like? Give me some. Give me some. So we we always get. Show me your world, Chris. I thought I'd start with Kreutz Tram Museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stuff like that. <laughs> and then it's uh, 
when Daisy, my partner, ever like helps me come up with an idea, she's like, I'm musing, Chris. I'm musing. I'm your muse. And uh, he's not a person, Tina. He's a Daily Mail reader. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just love it. So Another one of my favourite is... Um, film. Every time I found my Everest, someone shits on it. And <laughs> Tina goes, I wouldn't shit on you, Chris, unless you asked me to. <laughs> it's <laughs> honestly, it's so funny. It's so incredible. Um, so it's directed by Ben Wheatley, who yeah. is one of my favourite directors. He directed, um, he does more horror, actually, than comedy. Because he did Kill List, didn't he? He did Kill List, yeah. which is uber dark. Mm. He, he did um, a great film, which was produced by Martin Scorsese called uh, Free Fire, oh. which the whole film is um, a shootout in a warehouse oh. in, in the 70s. Got a great cast. It's got Army Hammer. It's got... Um, oh, wow. Oh, who else is in it? Oh, it's gone from my head. But there's loads, <laughs> loads of great people in it. Um, and he did um, an adaptation of J.G. Ballard's High Rise with Tom Hiddleston, which was really good. So he, oh, d- he yeah, does, yeah. like, really head-spinny, mm-hmm. um, like, dark films. Um which this is as well, but it's it's uh, written by Alice Lowe and Steve Orham, who play the two main characters. Hmm. Um, so they've obviously got a bit more of a kind of comedy take on it. And just that combination, I think, of like a really dark director with some like a really funny script. Hmm. It just creates something amazing. Um, Alice Lowe is brilliant. She's also written and directed a film called Prevenge, um, which is, she has a baby and she's pregnant and the baby like tells her to kill people and she like it's so good it's so good she like communicates with it and it's like telling her to kill people um again uber low budget her like normal kind of writing of just like super dark and really violent she plays tina that Tina, no? Tina, yeah. Yeah. And so she wrote it, wrote Uh, both these films. Yeah, because what I what I found out about it was that they both her and who plays Chris? Steve Oram. And Steve Oram. They they both originally did this uh, as like a as like a sketch thing as a as a theatre show as a play. Did they? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, so it was a two person play. They did it on stage, but with the the premise just being about these mundane people uh, talking about stories of killing people, um, and then obviously it was taken. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the director and some other people picked it up, and uh, and yeah, he, he put his own kind of spin on it. Um, I, I just love that. I love the yeah. th- things that go from from theatre to film. But um, I think I, I, it was it was really it, it was really good. And I think the fact that it had those comedy bits in it meant that I really did enjoy it. Yeah, like, it was a brilliant, obviously a brilliant film. Um, it's kind of so many messages uh, and and a lot of deeper meaning. But it also gives you that um, I don't know that also lower level of of enjoyment you can just enjoy it on a certain yeah, level yeah. if you don't want to appreciate everything else you can just enjoy yeah. it f- from the comedy element it's certainly um, the most accessible of Ben Wheatley's films like, yeah to, to I think so and I think as I say so much of it feels like a comedy and then towards the end even when even with the murdering like so much of that is played for comedy yeah um, and uh, but then obviously it gets towards the end and it's it gets nasty like it's particularly when Ah, uh, how much can we say without spoiling it? Okay, n- I, I'm gonna say it. Okay, uh, spoilers are gonna come now. If you don't want to hear about it, just fast forward a bit. Um, so it gets to the point where Tina starts to join in. Yeah, yeah. Because she thinks that's what Chris wants. Yeah. And again, it's kind of that uh, that comment on kind of um, 
women trying to change themselves for men and trying to be what their men yeah, want. Yeah. And in her case, she's like, well, I'm going to have to start murdering then. Yeah. And she murders uh, someone who's annoyed her, yeah, uh, yeah. like Chris does. Um, and, um, and then, which is kind of... It, that bit isn't played for comedy. It's quite harrowing. Yeah. But then she then comes in for Caravan later and is trying to kind of get it on with him. And then he goes, um, no, it's not the same. You're not qualified. You're not qualified, <laughs> Tina. It's, you yeah. do a great impression, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, it's it gets really nasty towards the end. Yeah. Um, and it just, it does make you think um, uh, a lot, really. Um, but oh my god, watch it! It's so yeah, it's, it's absolutely it's so underrated as a film. People, yeah, it's my favorite film. I like. I think a lot of my writing, I just I can definitely a lot of the it. inspirations come from here. Absolutely. Just that kind of like. I've written a few things on in theatre, and it's just like it's always like a really like really dark situation, mm. but with just that kind of mm. that mundane. Like you in Confess, the yeah, character yeah. you play in Confess, like just talking about bourbons while all this kind yeah. of like murders go. Yeah, yeah. But I love that, and I, and I feel like it when, especially in this film, when things then do start to get darker, you're so much more invested because I, I, that's my general kind of thought with with anything in in, in entertainment, and is that you're far more invested in a character once you've laughed with them. Yes, I like to laugh with them before I cry cry with them or before I empathise or anything like that. That's how I connect yeah. to characters, which I am interested to talk about in our main debate today. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, that's yeah. Fair. Um, but um, yeah, so Sightseers, I think I can absolutely see uh, why it's your favourite film, and, and I think it's it's uh, moulded a lot of you. Um, yeah, and I, this this is the kind of shit I was watching when I was fourteen, which is 50. mad. <laughs> yeah, and but this is like this these films were helping shape me as a creative, like in, mm. in terms of the ideas I was having and where I wanted to take it and, and an underlying theme for me in this episode is going to be about that kind of ultra low budget just way of like getting into the industry where you just go fuck it I'm going to make it myself mm. and it's going to be it's going to be it, it's going to be a powerful story and it's powerful because of its low budget and it's yeah. powerful because it has those constraints um and that is what I'm that's what I'm trying to do with my company basically and I think the great thing about it is that it leans into uh, kind of a small independent film. It doesn't try and be a big blockbuster. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some shots in it, like the big yeah. landscape shots, which are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's still got Edgar Wright behind this as a producer. Yeah, and it's still which leans into some... nicely what we talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some absolutely beautiful shots in it. But it's not, it's not about the spectacle in this film, which I think there's so many films nowadays are style over substance, and this isn't that at all. Um, and I just think it's yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. We talk about the how mundane it is things are in this film that you would never put in a film ever like just chris going for a wee yeah. or just like the, the the things that obviously happen to characters in films all the time but you never you never see this like if this was in a big budget film this would like the montage of them going to these different places would take what four or five minutes it would be a montage yeah i just yeah i love how I mundane just it is. another quote it might be a good one to end this little section yeah everything's gone wrong mum oh tina you didn't let him see you do number twos, did you? <laughs> Watch this film. Some, yeah. Watch Sightseeing. Please, please, please see it. And anything that, if you think we've spoiled it, 
I'm we so absolutely sorry. Ha- well, I'm so sorry, but we absolutely <laughs> but we haven't because there's so much Just in this. Just watch it. Yeah, please, please watch it. Um, anyway, so um, before we move on to uh, the other kind of the, the main part of, of the episode, you wouldn't believe it. I think we're quite boring anyway. I know. It's um, going to be a long one today. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I think we've got a lot to say. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've always got a lot to say. Unfortunately so. I wish you didn't. Um, yeah, so Callum's confession from last week was uh, not the Batman, because that's the most recent one. No. Um, films love to do that to be different. They put the in front of it. This is Batman, <laughs> the original, the 1989. Um, and uh, I watched it. Do you, did My you watch it, Chris? My confession is that I didn't watch it because I've been ill it. for a week <laughs> and then on a course for a week. I'm, and I'm so sorry. I watched Men, but I did not watch Batman. Of course, you watch I'm Men. So sorry. Of course, that was the homework that you do. Yeah, I went straight to searching for Men. <laughs> um, <coughs> well, I did my homework, and I did watch uh, Batman, um, and uh, which is on Now TV, by the way, if you want to find it. Because I found it a lot of these films that we're watching very hard to get hold of. Um, yeah, some of them. This was on Now TV. Got all the Batman films on there. Uh, if you want, can you know. suggest just Netflix originals from now on, please? Yeah. <laughs> That would be limited. To the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so I watched that, um, and um, I had quite high expectations for it because obviously it's known as kind of almost the birth of kind of modern superhero films. Um, at, well, everything we spoke about kind of last week, so I had quite high expectations, um, and uh, I knew it was obviously an old film and it wasn't going to have the effects um, kind of 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 today. Um, and one thing that really struck me. Was how a lot how silly it is. Like it's quite cheesy, from what I it is. Know it's quite. It's quite a lot of it's quite cheesy, and I, I guess that's kind of. It's the late eighties, and it's kind of that's a lot of films were like that. And um, but if you look at it in comparison to the 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 Batman film, uh, the Batman media before, which was the Adam West stuff, like it's way darker. Yeah. And it would have been incredible to watch it at that time, and, and a totally different thing coming from the Adam West Batman, and and coming from uh, Superman um, as well, yeah. which again were even more cheesy. Um, so yes, yeah, so it was a lot more kind of cheesy and cheesy humor and stuff than than I was expecting. Um, but um, but yeah, do you know what? It was really good, and I think I didn't. I knew that Tim Burton was directing, but I didn't know there'd be as many Tim Burton isms. Yeah, in it as there were like this was obviously it was a big studio it was Warner Brothers doing it but it was before uh, kind of the amount of uh, influence studios have now especially on superhero films the superhero films now we spoke about last time that's such a business and created really by a studio more than they are by any writer or director but this was very much a Tim Burton film and you could really see that his footprints were all over it um, and we both are big lovers of German expression. I was just going to talk about this. Yeah, and we did a lot about that in uh, when we uh, did film studies together. And uh, there's a lot of that in it. There's a lot of kind of uh, the cabinet dots Caligari. Yeah, just how because I've seen that it's like a video where there's like a, um, a comparison of Tim Burton films mm. and like yeah, all the kind of 1920s German expressionist films and yeah, just how they look and mm. yeah, it's, it, from what I've seen of it, it's it's a beautiful looking. It is. Film. It is really, and really? there's a lot of kind of. Um, I can't remember how you say it properly now. Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. 
Chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. And there's a lot of that in this, and it's... Um, it's Which is, for people that don't know what that is, it's like... Uh, it's a contrast that, between light and dark. That noir, film yeah. noir-esque, Lots of highly shadows. shadowed, contrasted yeah, look. that kind of stuff. Um, it is in colour, but you wouldn't know it because so much of the film is, is so dark. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's... I think it, it was very good. It was um, the music. Um, everyone's heard this this Batman See, music. What what it really brings back for me was I never watched these Batman films. I know what you're going to say. I did play the, um, the Lego games. The Lego Batman yeah, games. Yeah. And they used on, this music. On PSP, yeah. I used to play that. It's and so nice. That music is incredible. And, yeah. and it's it's pulsing through this entire film. Danny Elfman, isn't it? Yeah, Danny Elfman. And it's it's through the entire of film course. and it's pretty much the same theme, but they just use it in different parts and, and in slightly different ways. Um, but yeah, it really kind of gives the film momentum when sometimes it might seem like it's um, it's not got it. Um, and uh, I was kind of comparing it um, to the most recent Batman film that I watched, The Batman, obviously, um, with... Uh, which I also didn't which watch. Which also <laughs> I'm so sorry. I will do my homework next time. Um, with uh, Robert Batterson. Um, <laughs> and, uh, thank you very much. Um, and, I um, love the art that, <laughs> the, And it's the complete opposite problem for me. In the film, uh, the scenes in that film are so long. And I, I spoke about this before and they're so drawn out. In this film, my goodness, some of the scenes in this are so short. You, you They start the scene and then within about 30 seconds it may seem like an exaggeration. Some of them were literally that. Which is strange because like everything else in cultures moved the other way. It's been like long, mm. like older films which have like, just longer drawn out epics that mm. we're now like just you see it in TV scenes are just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Because we was, don't have the attention span for it. It was so weird to, to have it the opposite way and it's not like it's it's a short film. It's still two hours. Oh yeah. yeah. Which for 1989 was a long film. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it was really weird and, and the weird thing about that was that the the person more often than not that had those really short scenes was Michael Keaton as Batman right. it's called Batman but it's it's Jack Nicholson's film as okay. the Joker it is his film um, he's just he's absolutely let loose in this film um, I've heard certain things about what he was like on set that I think most of the time uh, he wasn't himself or maybe he was more himself than, than any other time. Right. He was on a lot of kind of alcohol and drugs in this. Okay. Um, but he Here's was... He was having, yeah, he was having the time <laughs> of his life. It was... Oh, it's so good. Like, there's a scene where they they play music on a big jukebox and just go around defacing art things in a gallery. Like, pieces of art in a gallery. And it's just... it's. It, but that is a really long scene. And then stuff with Batman are very short. So it's very odd in that way. Um, but I think that's to do with how much they had to centre the film around Jack Nicholson because of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, big had, name. Yeah, he was the big name at the time and Michael Keaton wasn't. Um, and he was a comedic actor before then, so it was a big call, actually, to put him in. Um, but for what Michael Keaton gets, um, he's really good in the film. He, he really nails, in the same way that, that Robert uh, Patterson does, um, in that kind of uh, playing Bruce Wayne as a, as a bit of a weirdo, a bit of an awkward man, um, not the kind of billionaire playboy... Philanthropist um, that um, that Christian Bale kind of plays him as, um, but yeah, as a real kind of weird, awkward man that doesn't really know how to interact with people, especially women, um, and they really hone in on the fact that on the really real weirdness of a man dressing up in a suit that looks like a bat, like yeah. they really focus in on that. And this is before all superhero costumes were like militarized. This isn't. This is literally Michael Keaton 
in a rubber bat suit. Uh, it's so weird. And you can tell it's rubber because he stands there. There's not much Batman can do in this film. He's not very acrobatic in this film. He stands there. And if he's going to fight someone, it'll just be a punch. Rubber man fighting crime with his rubber. <laughs> All right, Charlie Day. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, he's very static in this film. So it's not kind of an action, the action-packed kind of superhero film that we're used to now. Um, but uh, no, I thought it was really good at every, and any time that Jack Nicholson was on the screen, he, he stole it for me. He was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, I and, will uh, yeah. watch it for next week with whatever the confession Please is. do. I think it's really well worth the watch to kind of... Watching it now, after all the superhero films that have come afterwards, it, it looks really derivative. But yeah. then you realise, oh no, every, most of those things are derived from this film. Like, this originates so many um, kind of cliches and stuff that we now know um, in superhero films. Um, but no, I think it's absolutely um, worth a watch. And cool. I can see why kind of things started from there. And are we setting a new confession now? Do you have a confession? I think we're going to start... We'll, we'll set it later. Okay. Um, once we've spoke about what we're about I ha- to talk about I next. have one for me that might be a good suggestion. Because yeah, I've yeah. usually seen quite a lot, but yeah. We'll see. See if you've seen it. Okay. Well, we'll find out later. Well, we're going to go into another break now. Yeah. Um, but uh, and uh, So after the break, we're going to be talking about uh, Edgar Wright and Wes Anderson. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look forward to that. And uh, see you after the break. See you after the break. Bye-bye now. Been looking for a snack that is healthy but still gives you the boost you need? Well, look no further, because the Recharge Bar is here. And with a Recharge Bar, you can do anything. Run a marathon? Anything. Stay up all night with newborn twins. Anything! Break the deadlift world record! Anything! Play the double bass while eating a sandwich and playing the violin with my feet. Well, almost anything. The Recharge Bar by Wellness for Winners. Recharge your batteries and go, go, go. And we're going. And we're Three, back. Two, one, go. Say things that are interesting to people. That get us oh, now. Got nothing. Um, yeah, I know. Terrible. Uh, right. So, to the meat of today, we are, um, which goes on very nicely from talking about um, when we spoke about Sightseers before, because who was one of the producers of Sightseers, Chris? That would be Mr. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. What a lovely segue. So, uh, Today we're going to be right talking about. That, aren't I? It, it is. I looked up. as well. It is. <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, so we're going to be talking about two very influential uh, kind of directors um, in, in the modern era, really. Um, in Edgar Wright, and who I'm going to be talking about is uh, Wes Anderson. And so they've both got very individual um, kind of iconic styles uh, now known to be iconic. Uh, and yeah, we kind of just want to talk about them and uh, yeah, kind of see. Yeah, their influence and maybe if maybe one is more influential than the other and that kind of thing, just have a bit of a talk and debate about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at Edgar Wright and you're looking at Wes Anderson, aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah. Would you like me to start? Go, go start about cool. Edgar. Um, I very much enjoy Edgar Wright. It's a very cool thing to like Edgar Wright. I yeah, think yeah. it's a very film <laughs> student-y. I think it was. I don't think it is anymore. Is it I think it's become too mainstream now. Now that yeah. he's done mainstream stuff like Baby Driver and that, I think he's become mainstream. I really like Edgar Wright. Um, it's that same mentality of just go out and make some stuff. And mm-hmm. he was um, he started his career with his Super 8 camera, going out and like making short films and bits and bobs. He uh, He created the film A Fistful of Fingers which was just again super low budget make it at home 
Um, it was like a spoof of like all the kind of Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and um, I haven't seen it. Um, I wouldn't even know where to get my hands on it. But I'd like to. Yeah, it's just one of those things he made. It's like, again, no budget, no budget film. Mm. Um, and then that got him noticed by some people like Matt Lucas and David Williams who got him doing a few episodes of different TV shows. He did some stuff with um, Jennifer Saunders, I believe, so just like a couple of episodes of TV. I did not know that. Wait, did he do um, Little Britain and stuff then? Which case? No, it was no. a different show of theirs. I can't quite remember Oh, the title. right, yeah. Oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. just did some odd TV jobs. And then uh, the first big thing came along with his friend Simon Pegg, which mm-hmm. was uh, Spaced, the... TV show. Um, Space is brilliant. I love it. It's just, it's like an, a nerd's wet dream. Sorry, it's a really <laughs> horrible way to put it, but it is. It's just like every single, I mean, they're just countless references. The whole thing. For someone who like, I don't, how much I didn't like kind of superhero films and how it's just constantly referencing its own kind of world. Mm. I love Space for referencing just every other film ever I just think it's really clever and it just cleverly tells the story um, it's brilliant and it's just them as friends Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright going out and writing the script um, writing the scripts writing Let these episodes interject. From what I see, I've not seen Space Have I've you seen not? like little clips um, but it sounds a lot to me I don't know if you've heard of it before like um, the American show Clerks I haven't seen Clerks no. <laughs> you see that's um I can't remember who does it now, but it seems like a quite a kind of similar, th- uh, similar thing. They in America again, it's kind of about some nerds that end up just right. talking about nerdy stuff. They work in a shop, and um, that seems like quite a, a similar thing actually. You okay. might like to watch that. Um, but no, from like from the get go, space you can see his kind of style of just that really punchy kind of editing and mm-hmm. punchy, punchy storytelling and just whipping all over the place with the body mm. camera. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it was hilarious. Um, he then obviously moved into Shaun of the Dead with this kind of same team and obviously did the Cornetta trilogy. He then moved to doing Scott Pilgrim versus the Why the is it called the Cornetta trilogy, Chris? Because there is a Cornetto featured in every film in, a, mm. in one way or the other. Can you tell me oh. where in, it, in each film? Oh, this is uh, literally off the top of my memory from watching the films. In Shaun of the Dead... He nips out to the the shop yep. to go get a cornetto, um, and then all the like the kind of everyone's turning mm-hmm. into a zombie around yep. him. In Hot Fuzz, they stop for cornettos in the car when they're yep. doing their stakeout, and I believe in the World's End, it literally just a cornetto wrapper flies by <laughs> and hits a fence. Amazing, fence is also very important in Edgar Wright films. Yeah, he's got, yeah, it's just got, okay, I'm going to stop talking about everything he's done. I just thought why I think he's brilliant. He's just got, in in contrast to Wes Anderson, Mm -hmm. his characters feel like really real and tangible and there's something immediately kind of latchable onto them. Like, Mm -hmm. um, he's he's got incredibly character-driven films. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think Wes Anderson feels... Uh, there's a bit more of a disconnect I feel with with the characters. I'm not saying they're not interesting characters or mm-hmm. or brilliant or funny or quirky in that way, but they are uh, they're very kind of they're not as like instantly kind of latchable onto a, as mm-hmm. an audience member. That might be a British American thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. Edgar Wright being British, British filmmaker, and 
Wes Anderson being an American filmmaker. But there's just something so kind of grounded and funny about his characters. Um, even with Last Night in Soho, which is his kind of move into less mm, comedy, more of a seen it. psychological horror. Um, yeah, the, the characters feel just so grounded and mm. interesting and um, you want them to succeed. And there's something kind of like, there's just something so likable about them. Like Sean just, uh, he's likable because he's, he's, his bad traits are noticeable in all of us. The kind of mm. laziness, getting stuck in the same kind of habits and things. Well, it's funny you say about last again. night in, in Soho. As I said, I haven't actually seen it, which is terrible. Um, but from what I see, it's probably the most different of all of his films, is it not? Yes. So w- is it still uh, is it still instantly recognisable as an Edgar Wright film? Would oh, you say? absolutely. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. It's very different because he's not using comedy as much. Mm. But um, it's just, it's, it's so hard to put my finger on what it is, but it's just the, it's the pace of it. It's the, it's yeah. the kind of... It's a lot in the editing, isn't it? Really. He's such... I don't know who his editor is. I should have mm. looked that up, but to be honest. But it, it, I know he has a big, um, he's a big say in the editing room. Mm. Um, but he, it's just, it's just the pace of it. Uh, I think it's brilliant. And, um, Again, it's used. Last night in Soho heavily uses kind of pop culture and cultural references to kind of play on our fears, and it's all about how kind of you know how we have this kind of rose-tinted view of the '60s and um, the heyday of kind of of you know Britain, but the kind of the dark, seedy kind of underworld and all the misogyny that kind of came with it, um, told through the perspective of someone nowadays it, yeah it's it's just really good he's got a way of kind of making just so many different cultural references but just turning it into his own he's not reliant on that uh, a really great bit of of uh, actually crossover with sightseers and and uh, edgar wright um there's a short called mint royale promo oh, yeah. which is like his kind of screen test well, almost it's a, for for a, baby driver it's a music video isn't it yeah so there's a yeah. song by mint royale mm. um called blue song i believe yes and um, Edgar Wright had this concept of, you know, a character who is committing a crime but can't do it without listening to the right music. <laughs> and that was obviously the whole kind of thing of that's what Baby Driver became. Yeah. But when he first tested this, it was in a car park in, I'm assuming, London mm. um, with Noel Fielding playing the kind of main <laughs> character. It's brilliant. And who else is in the car Julian Barrett and um. who's also so Noel Friedman and Julian Barrett um, created my favourite TV show of all time which is The Mighty Boosh which is just pure kind of surrealness and um, and Nick Frost is also in the car obviously from you know from all of Edgar Wright's films and also um, a comedy actor called Michael Smiley who is in almost all apart from Sightseers, almost all of Ben Wheatley's films. So for, for me, that kind of, that combination was so good. And you can just really start to see like a really strong vision that became, became a film, became an amazing blockbuster American film. It's just really nice to see some British, some grounded mm-hmm. British talent become something so big. Um, and that's really why I enjoyed Go Right. I just Speaking think of um, Last Night in Soho, obviously um, Thomas and uh, Mackenzie's in it. Um, yes. Who plays uh, Eloise. And she is from New Zealand. Yes. And she does such a good British accent because it's not just a general British accent. She's She's got like elements of West Country in there, the characters mm. from Cornwall. And I would have had no idea that she was from New Zealand. Well, she also did a fantastic uh, German accent. 
um, in uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is why I bring her up. Yes. Because she was, I love Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Brilliant film. Um, so w- was she good then? Because I thought she'd be brilliant. She, she is amazing in that, that film. She is honestly amazing in Last Night in Soho. Mm. So good. She's she's got such a kind of, again, just such a likable character. He mm. he writes characters that you just you just latch onto. I mean, it must have been hard because I I I, th- I was worried that she might have been overshadowed because of just how bright Anya Taylor Joy's star is shining yeah. at the moment. She's incredible, and for me, she steals everything that she's in. But I'm I'm pleased to know that. That it's kind of balanced. I don't know if you know much of the storyline of Last Night in Soho. Not particularly. Basically, Thomasin McKenzie's character is a, a fashion student, right? And she has this. She somehow acquires this ability to see to see what's going on in London in the sixties, mm-hmm. and she sees it through the character of uh, through Anya Taylor Joy's character. Yeah. So that dynamic between them really works because mm. she, the, the, Anya Taylor Joy plays this kind of ethereal, enigmatic character from the 60s that she sees the world through so it's like a kind of like Thomas and Mackenzie's character is like almost aspiring to be like this right, and yeah. kind of she starts to morph into her character mm. a bit but both uh, both are brilliant Matt Smith who plays who mm-hmm. played the 11th Doctor is in this playing a villain which was really great to see um, and yeah was amazing in it it's just really really so clever he's doing quite a lot of that at the moment he's really leaned into the villain thing he was he, in, wasn't he Morbius or something unfortunately I, I feel like he was he's hard done by in that because apparently it's a terrible film I don't think he was bad in it I mean I, I love Matt Smith but he was also obviously he's in the uh, Game of Thrones prequel at the moment isn't he yeah I assume he's a villain a, in a that Targaryen, as well Targaryen yeah yeah um, yeah I, d- I do need to, to watch Last Night in Soho it, it yeah. does look very good um, awesome. yeah so in comparison to and so my kind of relationship with Edgar Wright as as a creative has always been really strong. I've always been always inspired by him. I inspired kind of the route he took, which Wes Anderson also took a very similar route into the industry. He mm-hmm. he was um, again just out making films with a super eight camera. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it, neither of them are like you know, mummy and daddy were in the film industry and oh, yeah. plopped me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't fault either of them in that. And I, I, I've got nothing wrong against Wes Anderson. My uh, my dad is like a huge kind of um, inspiration on my on my kind of what I was watching in film and stuff. He he he's a huge film buff and and got me into watching loads of different stuff. And he he cannot stand any Wes Anderson film. Really, really doesn't like them. I think he's never walked out of a film other than The Life Aquatics of Steve Zissou. He really doesn't get on with them. He doesn't engage with the characters at all. Um, and so for me. Growing up, you know, you're obviously impressionable. I was mm. always like, haha, I'm never going to watch a Wes Anderson film because then, because my dad doesn't like it. Right, and then, yeah. like, years ago, I was like, no, I'm going to check it out and see what it's like. Because I watched The Grand Budapest Hotel and loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny, yeah. brilliant. And I, and I love his style. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But I, I do get that. I do get that kind of disconnect, which I don't feel with, with Edgar Wright. is so grounded in British culture and, and, and British references. And, it, it, yeah, it really... It breathes. His films just kind of just happen so solidly and effortlessly. Yeah, I think watch. what you were talking about earlier about him going into the American film market is is interesting because I was watching a video a while ago about um, kind of the difference between uh, it's quite generalised, but the difference between American humour and, and British yeah. humour in films. Um, and you tend to see in a lot of American comedies as they talk a lot like everything is verbal yeah a joke is always overly explained and it's always done verbally rather yes. than 
most of the time, obviously Wes Anderson's actually a, a goes away from this, but most of the time everything is kind of done done verbally. Um, whereas with British comedy and and uh, Edgar Wright epitomizes this beautifully, is that it's all about visual comedy and and it's it's shown most obviously in um, uh, what's it called World's End. No? The World's uh, End. Yeah, The World's End. In, in The World's End, um, where I think it's Nick Frost's character is the only one out of the group that doesn't drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and so in an American uh, kind of comedy film, they would just be like laughing at him as why he doesn't drink and trying to get him to drink or anything like that. It would be all kind of overtly trying to make it funny and uh, done the kind of a big thing and they'd all be laughing and joking about it. But in Edgar Wright, it's very subtle. It's just a shot of each pint being poured, yeah. and then after the last pint, it's a pint of water being. And poured. it always rises like boo, 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 boo. <laughs> yeah, the water. And like honestly, he uses he knows how to use every single aspect of yep. visual storytelling to tell mm-hmm. a joke and, and sound it, as well. Like yeah, apart from kind of kind of verbal, but he used sounds. Obviously, m- music is quite obvious w- with him. But um, yeah, just like you said, then w- with the difference of sound between the pints and, and the water. He, he uses, as you say, he uses every element yeah. so, so well. And and uh, so to to highlight the kind of two films that are a bit different. So last night in Soho is not a uh, comedy. It's got lots of like comedy dialogue in it, and there's lots of funny bits. But again, I think he uses. He, I feel like he uses everything that is disposable to make that scary for you, to, uh, which is brilliant. And his other uh, and Baby Driver was not really critically well received. Was it not? No, not surprisingly. Not, it it was very popular mm, like mm. amongst fans and everyone was received really well but I, I i believe a lot of critics didn't really get on with it mm. how which is insane to me cuz this is this is like the kind of like filmmaker's dream like you know mm. when you're just like when you're a kid and you're being driven along somewhere and you're just leaning your head out the window and and a really good track's playing and you're just like visualising this whole thing to go... That whole film feels like mm. that kid's dream yeah. of just like... The whole film, just in, the soundtrack builds it. It just mm. makes the whole film. It's it's one big soundtrack enhanced by what you're seeing on the screen. It, mm. It's just... He's very innovative and I know everyone loves him and I think he's brilliant as well. Um... Yeah, I think he's just a really strong. It's nice to see some really good British talent shine out there in such a unique way. Absolutely, and I think he's that film particularly is a very cool film. I think all of his films are, are, are pretty cool, and I think that, yeah, which is funny because a lot of it comes from a nerdy sensibility, and a lot of his yeah. characters are pretty nerdy. And I think a, a lot of his um, a lot of his stories generally revolve around kind of. Uh, kind of nerdy characters yes. uh, and kind of outsider characters um, that somehow find a way of being heroic or yeah. having like kind of this big change. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was really interesting watching Baby Driver because he found a way to revolutionise car chases yeah. and dri- which it, for the amount of years that it's been done and the amount of famous car chases that have happened kind of bullet and the Italian job and absolutely millions of them and he manages to come along after all those years and still do something different yeah. but it's uh, because it's of those other aspects of visual storytelling mm. that he uses it's the soundtrack it's just, it's mm. brilliant um, and I'm really glad to see him in Last Night in Soho use for the first time like a really strong kind of pairing of, of female protagonists mm. um, yeah and to move, to move from his kind of slightly kind of more nerdy kind of character to 
to something in the fashion. Or he's just like he seems like he stepped out into something entirely different for him. Mm. Um, but it's such a strong piece of work. That's I, a nice I, thing to see about him, as I think he is evolving. Um, yeah, and he's changing, and he's going that bit more mainstream. But he's changing the yeah. mainstream. He's doing mainstream in his own way. Yes. Um. And yeah. And I really like films that um, like uh, Drive and the the guest that really use that kind mm. of like neon look. That's yeah. like heavy, like blues and reds into the um to how to the cinematography and uh, last night in Soho does that a lot. It's that kind of neon, bright London mm. city lights. It's just it just looks and feels tangible and good. And mm. I was I'd I just discovered Soho for myself around that time. I'd been mm. to Soho and found like a really cool bar, and I just I was like blown away by Soho. It's such a cool place in London, and then to go see last night in Soho and just oh I've been there, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, it's just really good, really str- really cool. strong film, really strong director. Well, going on to our next uh, director, and uh, funny enough, we, we just spoke about kind of how um, uh, how Edgar Wright is kind of developing and how lots of different films uh, more recently. Now speaking about someone uh, who has sometimes uh, kind of said that he hasn't really developed and, yeah. and his films are a bit samey, um, is, is Wes Anderson. Um, now, one thing that I think you need to know to really understand with Anderson and to understand his films is that when he was uh, younger, he wanted to be uh, he wanted to be an architect. He wanted to be either right. an architect or uh, an artist, and I feel like that makes so much sense yeah, yeah. when watching his films. It's so much about um, about the way that things look and about shapes um, and. There's so often people say um, every frame is a painting, yeah. but literally with Wes Anderson films, it is. And 100%. it's obviously the most obvious thing that people know about Wes Anderson films is symmetry. It's all about symmetry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of what he's known for. But I think at the same time, that's maybe an unfair thing to say. And some people think that's his only thing. That's his, that's his trick. But that's just his signature style. And there's so much more that goes with that um, and like you said earlier um, like uh, Ed, Edgar Wright and a lot of the uh, directors that we like um, he he started uh, from the very bottom making films with uh, his his uh, best friend Owen Wilson yeah um, and uh, they I, I can't quite remember what the f- first film was but I believe that they they made this on no budget whatsoever they then sent it around to uh, to studios and then I believe I could be wrong here but I'm pretty sure they then remade it but with the budget yeah um and uh and yeah and it's just really nice to, to see that because you look at him now and you go kind of how how has that happened you, you look at his films and, and the budget that's poured into it and how beautiful they are and you go how uh, how has he come from kind of Th- that small place um but yeah it's th- his work is absolutely kind of fantastic and i've i think the first film that i watched of um of his which a lot of people of our generation uh, will be fantastic mr fox yes yeah, no, um, too. now i saw this when i was uh i think we went on a on a school trip uh, to the cinema to go and watch this um in chroma um lovely little cinema um and uh, we went to go and watch it and obviously i wasn't quite aware of kind of filmmaking and and kind of good films at the time. But I watched it as any other kind of children's film that I watched at the time. And I could tell there was something different about it. There was, I absolutely loved the style as a child. Um, and it was just, it was just so elevating. There was so much more going on than other films for children. And obviously that film, while it's derived from a, from a children's book, it's 
I, I think that's an incredibly inclusive film and anyone can watch that. I watched it, fair, I don't know, about a year or so ago uh, with my uh, much younger sister. Um, and I enjoyed that just as much or even more as right. an adult as I did as a child. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an, in, an incredible film, and I think he does... Uh, obviously, Ardman and, and people like that are, are known for their stop-motion animation, but I think he does stop-motion animation films better than anyone else. Yeah, it's hard. To, I find him very hard to, like... If someone's come up to me and be like, describe a Wes Anderson film, I find it very hard, other than, like, pointing out, like, the visual elements, mm-hmm. like... It's very symmetrical. The 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 actor is usually right in the centre of the frame, aren't they? Mm. Which is very strange for for film. Um, I find it hard to, to pinpoint what it is about his films that that are so quirky. Like what what where I couldn't perceive where he comes from with his character. Like where how he writes and directs characters. I think they're so they're so strange. They're such strange people. Yeah, I think the thing is, um, in a similar way to Edgar Wright, he very much has. A particular person he likes to write about, yes. Which I guess is the same as Edgar Wright is basically his self, himself, is yeah. that kind of the the outsider and similar to Edgar Wright, uh, kind of the outsider. And pretty much all of his films, y- you look at them, and pretty much all of his films are about this weird, this slightly weird person that doesn't quite fit in. Um, they're a bit disenfranchised with, with life. Um, and uh, and it's about them and their family. So much about his films are all about family dynamics yeah. and dysfunctional families. Um, uh, so, so many of them, and, and not only families, um, uh, but kind of friends as well uh, in that. You, you look at um, uh, the, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, they're very much a family, and it's kind of focused yeah. focused on that. Um, so, yeah, I think... And this is one one of the things that he's criticised for is is his films being very samey, both in their visual look, um, but in in the themes. There are a lot of the same themes. Uh, I think he kind of talks he talks about the same issues um, with similar visuals, but with different concepts. So obviously, Life Aquatic, yeah, um, about uh, kind of a, a group of people being on a submarine, um, and then you, the Grand Budapest Hotel is people in in a hotel. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox again, same story but in, in a different premise yeah. about foxes and its stop-motion animation. So that is a criticism of him, but I think also a strength in that going into a Wes Anderson film, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, and I think that's, for a lot of people, that's quite comforting. And I think, nonetheless, every time that he does those similar things, because he literally copies shots in, in, in different films. And I've seen an interview, and he doesn't do it deliberately, um, but he he will do the same things because he likes doing that. Yeah. Um, and so so much of, of the time. Um, but nevertheless, every time that same thing happens, you enjoy it just as yeah. much as I do anyway. Um, I I think through these films, I've really noticed how much I I love kind of the arty nature of of films and how beautiful they are. And, and funny yeah, enough, yeah. I spoke earlier about style over substance and some people might say that his films are a bit style over substance. Um, but I think if you really watch enough of his films, you actually see that you, I think, uh, contrary to what you said earlier, I think you can connect with the characters. I think yeah. if you really kind of sit with them and, and, and let them play out and certainly on, on, on a second viewing, I think you can really get into the human nature of these characters, and it, it is a little bit heightened. I think the acting is a bit heightened. Oh, absolutely, it's not necessarily the most 
uh, kind of natural acting. Um, but I think uh, I, I love all of his, his his characters. And I mean, how much he gets you to love this uh, this Clay Fox and, and his, his family yeah. is, is incredible. Um, and also, much like Edgar Wright, he is an incredibly talented filmmaker in, in the terms of using... Uh, Use his timing in terms of the actual mm -hmm. production itself. I think a lot of like standard American comedies, the actors have great timing and they're brilliant. They're they're brilliant and um, you know they've they've nailed their comedy timing. But there's like in both Edgar Wright and Wes Anderson, there is a there is a fantastic timing to to the editing mm -hmm. and and the length of shots and just how it whips from yeah. one thing to another. Um, no, they're both incredibly talented in in that sense. And and in the same sense, he pretty much always uses the same team. Mm. Um, and so I don't actually know who his editor is, but the same as Edgar Wright, I think he works very closely with his editor. But his cinematographer is is Robert Yeoman, right? Um, and uh, I was watching a thing about it, and uh, yeah, obviously Wes is such a stickler for things being symmetrical and, and things looking beautiful. So when they're lining up shots, they will put tape, little tape marks, as where the corner of the frames are, to make sure everything right. is kind of squared off. And it's so um, quite clinical in that way. And I think that's how I would describe his films and maybe why some people would say they're soulless and why people like yourself would say they can't connect with the characters because I think there is a clinical nature to it in how yeah. perfect everything is. Yeah, and, but it's strange because there is some... For me, it's... it's His films are so... Unca like that kind of uncanny valley thing again for mm -hmm. me. It's like, there's something I... I, I like you as a character. I like you. <laughs> You're making me laugh that I want you to succeed but there's something just so off about you and it is that mm. kind of perfect world. Um, actually, the only thing I've ever found that's come very close to like s stylistically to um, a Wes Anderson film, again, it's such an amazing TV show. It's um, called Utopia. Okay. It's channel. It was, came out on Channel Four. It's two series. Uh, one of my favourite TV programs, and and I'd argue that that the style that they used, which was very Wes Anderson, mm. worked almost better than a Wes Anderson film right. because it was a conspiracy drama mm. that is like meant to, and it's a horror. It's meant to make you feel like really tense and unnerved the whole time. Yeah, and this because it's it's all about government cover ups and everything. The kind of perfect nature of every shot and mm. the symmetricalness of it and the big pop of yellows and greens and like the really strong colours, it created like it worked really well for like a horror kind of mm. a darker setting because it's got that uncanny weird feeling to it which is I think a why a lot of the time with his Wes Anderson who's the comedy films mm. the comedy dramas there's that strange feeling of un, of being unnerved mm. which is which is strange because it's symmetrical everything should feel right but yeah, it, yeah. it somehow doesn't yeah I get and I think like I said they're the clinical nature and I think it does lend itself well to horror. And I think it would be nice to see him do something like that. I, I don't think he will. No, um, but I'd, I think I'd it'd be so nice watch to... a Wes Anderson horror film. Mm. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is that weird thing of that really kind of clinical, too perfect nature. But for me, they are just really, when I think of a Wes Anderson film, I feel warm. That is okay. the word that comes to mind for me. Is It, it feels warm and, and that's to do with the colours, the kind of the autumn... Uh, kind of colours and the hues that that he uses in in his films, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I do just feel I feel good watching watching okay. a Wes Anderson film. I I just really enjoy them. I I, I like symmetry and and stuff like that. And um, I I just think they're, I just don't they're brilliant. Have that. I just, yeah, it doesn't. You. 
it doesn't evoke that emotional response for me as well. No. But I but I'm sitting there and I'm loving it as a film. I think yeah. it's brilliant. I think it's so well done. Mm. But I. It, I don't know. There's just a disconnect with it, and uh, which is r- why I really didn't want to talk about Wes Anderson, mm. and I wanted to talk about Edgar Wright with this because I just I find I I can't I cannot place what it is, mm. and maybe that's what he's going for. He's making these slightly strange. Mm. I mean, of course, he is. That's his whole thing. There's there's strange characters. There's yeah. strange situations, but th- there's a st- it's a strange viewing experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, well the funny thing is. You say that and you connect a lot more with Edgar Wright, but there's actually, I think, a lot of crossovers between oh, him and, and Edgar Wright. Obviously, as I said, wh- where they started, but also in He Loves a Whip Pan, yeah. as does as does Edgar Wright. Music is incredibly important in both of them. I'd say that Edgar Wright cuts around music maybe more so yeah. than, uh, than than Wes Anderson does. Um, but yeah, I think there's... Um, and kind of, kind of the comedy style, it, Wes Anderson films feel really british to me actually i, I don't yeah. think it feels american at all it, it doesn't feel um like overly produced uh, or anything like that it doesn't feel like it's it, it's made by a studio uh, yeah. at all um and he's he's such a an auteur in, in that sense um and i think um yeah and i get people's criticisms is, is they all feel kind of the same his films and he's even said his himself that pretty much any character from any film could walk across into one of the other films and it would yeah. be the same world. Um, and so I get why people would think maybe that's boring um, and I would love to, to see him do something else. But um, I don't know, I, I just, yeah, I think there's a real yeah. nice, comfortable, just lovely feeling with with with, um, with Wes Anderson films. And really funny, like he'll just, he does the same shot a lot of the time where people will stand still for a second and then out of nowhere just run away. Yeah. Like in the Grand Budapest Hotel and in several other ones, um, when uh, in that one where uh, Ray Fiennes um, just, just runs away from, yeah, from the, the police. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just... it's just Pause, run. It's that it's weird so good. comedy. I, I think also a little bit, that's almost a little bit sightseer for me. There's that, yeah. um, maybe not quite so mundane, um, but it's just that really awkward comedy. You don't know whether you should laugh or not. Yeah. Um, like there's a bit I think in the Grand Budapest Hotel um, where Tilda Swinton's character I think he's dead and she's in a casket and I can't quite remember what happens but there's a, a moment when you laugh you're like oh I probably shouldn't laugh at that but it is funny yeah and there's so much of that in it um, so it's just yeah it's that really weird mix between style over substance maybe but also this real weird indie humour coming out it's it's a, such yeah. a weird mix but for me it works his humor. yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. I think Edgar Wright is is so bold with his humor. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's the difference. I think that's why Edgar Wright's a bit more kind of like his humor is more latch latchable. You can grab it onto it a bit easier because yeah. it's, it's 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 easily it's easily there. You can t- see mm. what he's trying to do. But Wes Anderson, um, I very I very much feel like he's making films for himself, which I one hundred percent is of course that's what you need to do um but his his style of and sense of humor is so niche that you either love it or you're just like what is happening right now yeah i i think it is a bit love or hate really and i think um the the word that really comes to mind when you think of wes anderson for me is as i say kind of the warmth but also meticulous yes everything about a wes anderson film is meticulous in obviously the end product but obviously then how it was made, everything. I can't imagine what it's like to work on a, on a Wes Anderson yeah. film. I, I know I heard something about he had a, um, someone recorded um, that he was having a rant um, about how uh, something wasn't, uh, it wasn't squared off. It, it, 
it wasn't uh, symmetrical. Yeah. Um, I can imagine it, it's a weird experience because obviously everything as an actor, as I've learnt myself, is all about the truth and um, uh, and that and um, having the truth in imaginary circumstances and, and all that stuff. Um, and I feel like it would be really difficult as an actor on one of his sets to get the truth out in yeah. such a forced environment where right you have to stand there because this is where we need you for the camera and that has to be there and we have to make sure this is symmetrical so there must be a really odd scenario because at the same time he wants you to create characters that are that are warm and, and and that you can connect to yeah so that it must be a very odd scenario there as an actor see i i couldn't tell you massively what a plot of a wes anderson <laughs> film is right as it, i couldn't tell you point by point what happens in the film. That, that's what I think the difference is. I, for Edgar Wright, these feel like grounded characters mm. in extraordinary situations, which I love as a writer and I, I think is the better way of doing it because mm. it's, it's something recognisable um, and and that you're throwing these characters into interesting circumstances. What I feel with Wes Anderson is he's just presenting very strange people mm. doing relatively normal things. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because one of the biggest kind of uh, kind of plot devices that he uses in pretty much every film is meticulous is a meticulous plan. So, like in Fantastic Mr. Fox, they create there's this massive exposition scene um, uh, about they're going to go to this farm and then to this farm and then to this farm. In pretty much all of his films, they have that. In the Grand Budapest Hotel, it's about, I think it's, is it breaking someone out of prison or something? Or it's going into some kind of I couldn't of tell thing. you. That's what so I think. It feels like something happens and then something happens. In, in, Wes, in Wes Anderson's mm. films, thing happens after that thing. Just happens, happens, happens. Mm. And it's like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. thing, but I just, there's something very confusing and just, mm. yeah, I don't know. Again, I cannot place... I, uh, Wes Anderson, I cannot tell what you're doing. I can't place my finger on what it <laughs> well, is. Well, I'm sure he's listening that to it, so that's good. <laughs> um, I know you're listening, regular listener. <laughs> good old Wes. Good old Wesy, Wesy boy. But I think this is, this is what I'd say. If, we, if we're comparing and contrasting the two, who has a more recognisable style? What, honestly, well, okay. who would you we're, say has... I would say Wes Anderson yeah. would have a more recognisable style. I'm not yeah. saying that's necessarily a better thing. No. But he does. You, you would more instantly... If you were watching... If you put on both of their films for a minute, you would know that it was Wes Anderson. You wouldn't know it was an Edgar Wright film in but a is, minute. Is it better to go into a film going, I'm going to make this in my style, or I'm going to go into this film to tell a cool and interesting story? True, but I think that... I know that you uh, disagree to some extent, but I, I think that Wes Anderson does that as well. Okay. Maybe in a less uh, clear way, and I do get that. Uh, and even myself, I, I love his films, but even earlier, I, I couldn't, I couldn't exactly remember what that, uh, what the part of that plot was from um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. So, um, so yeah. So I think for me, with Wes Anderson films, I can. Contrary to what you're saying, I can remember how they made me feel. Right. I can't remember exactly what exactly they were doing, but I can remember what they made me feel. Whereas I can remember the imagery of them and how mm. they look. I can remember mm. specific where characters are sat. I can I can visualize the, the beautiful just hotel and like mm. with the snow blowing around it. I can I can see his films visually mm. in my head, but I can't tell you massively what happened in them, mm. revisiting them, which is interesting. It's just interesting to see how they differ. Yeah, but I, I think 
Um, I think that there's a great quote, um, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to get it word for word, but there's a quote that I heard um, that one of my uh, tutors told me at university that was, um, oh, I, I'm going to butcher it now. Uh, it's something like, um, people will never remember what you say, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel with, with a lot of the films that I love so much, particularly the Wes Anderson films. Um, for all the beauty and, and everything and um, and the great scripts and, and, and the great one-liners and stuff, um, yeah, it's just cool. I, I really attach them to a particular feeling that they make me feel. And I'm sure it's the same for you with yeah. Edgar Wright films. And again, I'm also, by the way, I love Edgar Wright yeah. and I love his films. Yeah. Um, and, and I love both of them. And that's why it's not kind of a, it's not a fight between them. No. It's just, uh, yeah, two, two di different directing styles, but I, th I think they're both brilliant. Should we do a little... In conclusion? In conclusion. Right. What's your in conclusion, My Chris? In conclusion is I think Edgar Wright is brilliant because he's just he's he's innovative in comedy and he tell he just uses every single thing at his disposal to make you laugh. Um and and on the flip side with Last Night in Soho, okay, it just just the pace and brilliance of that film and just he knows how he knows how to effectively reference other things and use pop culture and ingrain it within his films to the point that it's making new pop culture um, and I think that's really strong visual storytelling yeah I think I absolutely agree and I think on the opposite end uh, Wes Anderson uh, his his films are uh, every frame literally is a painting um, yeah. and uh, but there's there's humour in there and there is I think there is human nature and as I say they um, I think they make you or certainly make me feel feel warm Right. There we go. I think it's uh, time for another great little break. Yeah. Right, see you well, soon, folks. Uh, see you soon. I've always struggled with dating. Yeah, my long walks on the beaches, picking up stones. Yeah. Well, now I've got my new dating app. It's made my carbon dating process so much easier. With carbon dating app, it tells you instantly how old your fossils are. So now I don't have a problem with dating at all. Yeah, carbon dating. The other kind is, 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 is to be improved upon. Get new carbon dating app. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, that's nice. Um, right, so uh, once again in our main section, we've all got a bit, we all got a bit serious. Yeah, I feel like I, we've been... I feel like I've been less funny, you know. I've been, last time I was just, you know, absolute comedy legend, of course. and uh, would have had so many people in tears, laughter, and I feel mm, today, not sure about laughter. Um, you know, I just haven't been getting all those comedy comedy jabs in, you know, you know, making know. everyone laugh because I am, you know, a narcissist. Oh, sorry, funny, very funny. No, I was going to say I'm the one kind of carrying the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's my podcast, just where you live. Who's who's got the first name on the title? Right, <laughs> right. Okay, right I we need bring, to address this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring this up. So it's Chris, Chris and, and Callum's, Callum's film, film club, club, but for the only reason in that it worked better in the song. It sounds and nice. Well, no, reason. but it sound it's got like more flow. To Chris and Callum's film club. Callum, and, Callum Chris's and Chris's film, yeah. film club. Mm. It's harder to say. So it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything else is yours. Uh, anyway. By raising Kane production. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. We're going to do plugs later. Plugs oh, later. Right. You um, can plug me up later. 
I'm going to get you to watch men again. Um, so, oh God. Uh, so anyway, so we've all been a bit serious. We've all been speaking nerdy about films. Uh, and you listened to it, you, didn't you? Yeah, so actually you loved that's it. your fault. Um, I think I was listening. Um, uh, so we're going to have a, a bit of fun like we did last week now, um, but with a different game. Uh, so this is going to be... Because our impressions probably made you like... Yeah, turn off. Switch off. Cringe. Yeah, switch. sorry about that. I, especially, I have to apologise to my Christopher. Oh, I am really sorry, <laughs> my Christopher <laughs> Walken. Oh, that listen- wasn't my Walken, by the way. That was my impression of Kevin's impression. <laughs> Listening to it back, it was actually like, horrendous. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it again. Um, anyway, so we've got a different game uh, this week. We'll come back to that game another week. Uh, but for this week, uh, we're doing the Film Word Association game. Yeah. Um, so we have got kind of some famous films. Um, and like we're gonna Classic films. Some, yeah, some classic films. We're going to fire them to each other. And uh, should we go... Shall one I? after the other so me no let's do a list a i feel list. like okay, i want yeah. to attack you with mine until you've, you're broken down just into put a nothing. full stop after that you just want to attack me. i just want yep, to attack yep. you um so, yeah. so i'm going to throw these film titles at canon he's going to yeah. come up with a word that first Ooh. word that pops into his head if oh, something really no. weird comes out we'll um we'll dive into that <laughs> we'll it'll be a, a little therapy in. session <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay starting right off the bat with the shawshank redemption morgan freeman one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, uh, why well, can't I think of anything? First word that comes to your head. First, uh, Danny DeVito. That's boring. <laughs> I know what you because of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. They do like a, a spoof. I, I love. Well, and he was in it. Is Danny DeVito in that film? Yes. Do you not know that Danny? De, that was one of his like first jobs. Yeah, Danny DeVito was in that film. You've got to watch it again now. You seen it? Please tell me you've seen no, it. No, I haven't. Two thousand and one, not... A Space Odyssey. Space. Space. <laughs> Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Is there two different things? That's the whole title. Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That's the full title. Government. It's a great film. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I haven't. We're getting lots of confessions. Oh, here. Right, yeah, that could be a confession. Jaws. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Why would you go dun 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 and not dun dun? I've gone with the wrong dumb. You know what I what Jaws reminds me of? Yeah. Is I made a, you into a Jaws poster with our film teacher one time, didn't Did I? Did you? I just went through a time of editing you. I don't remember into that. Things. Well, like when we, we need do to release that. When we do like any social media for this episode, I'll see if I can find that photo. Actually, I shouldn't post photos of my film teacher online without his. Uh, oh, he was in it. Yeah. I thought, oh right, Wait, was it both of us? No, it was just you. Anyway, Fargo. <laughs> A big axe. <laughs> the Green Mile. Prison. Pop fiction. That is a tasty burger. The Maltese Falcon. Maltesers. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> Doodly Doodle Doo. <laughs> the Exorcist. <laughs> oh, uh, head twisting around. <laughs> Rocky. Da, da, da. Oh, that's not what I would have da, said. Da, da. What were you going to say? Adrian! <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. Never seen it. Lastly, Gladiator. I can't think of the quote. The Kraken. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even that. Is that's that so it? No. Close. The what Kraken. What was I thinking of? That's not that film, is it? That's a total... That's- that's- Parts of the campaign. No, it's not. Uh, no. the Kraken. No, it was that other... Oh, I'm a terrible person with films. I can't remember what film I was thinking of. Olympus? Oh, I don't know. 
I've got mm, no idea. Sorry, sorry. No Clash of the Titans, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, right. What I meant to say was the quote by Russell Crowe. Do you know it well? Because I don't. No. The father to a murdered son? That one. No, I don't know. Oh, good. Well, that was some. I don't know how many I did. I just chucked some at you and then my list ran out. So. Yeah. That shows how slowly my brain works. We're still finding it, by the way, with this podcast. Excuse <laughs> us for our strange game. We're still, we're, we're settling down into we'll it. We'll never find it. Right, okay. 12 Angry Men. Shivatel Ejiofor. I don't know how to say his name, but that's how it's spelled. Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse When? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Ah, Yellow Brick Rose. It's hard, isn't it? I know. The Sound of Music. The Hills are Alive. The Godfather. I'm gonna make him an offer. You can't refuse. The Dark Knight. Batman. <laughs> Taxi driver. You're talking to me? Oh, he's good at this. Uh, uh, Star Wars Episode 1 A New Hope. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, that was actually episode. It's not really four. word association, mm-hmm. it's no. just <laughs> association. Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're gonna get. Citizen Kane. Uh, awesome Wells. What is he want? Willis he Wonka? Will, will, will he you won- see my Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to see my Wonka? Do you want to see my chocolate factory? <laughs> and if you want more of that, come and see Chris's show, Confessed. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Johnny Depp, for some reason. Casablanca. Uh, play it again, Sam. <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Yellow Overcoats. E.T. Ouch. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Jim Carrey. Ooh, good fellas. Bad fellas. <laughs> Bad boy. Seven Samurai. Uh, Japan. <laughs> nice. Mary Poppins. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Lovely. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Da, 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 da. It's not even da, a word. Da, da. It's just a da, 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 da. Psycho. And one more, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There's so many quotes in this yeah. film. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> there we go. That's the Lovely. thought that came to Well, I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> that was strange, but quite fun, actually. I feel like energised yeah. from that. We need some more, we need some more games, because I, I enjoy doing these. Yeah, we need to think of something. We need to make this podcast a bit more fun, you know. So this this was this was a good one. I'm sorry, it's, as we say, it's not maybe as not as a uh, as funny as the last one. Yeah, but life's not always kind of funny. So just no. shut up. Grow okay? with it. up. Um, great reference. Um, was that Christopher so... Walken again? <laughs> Grow up. There's no punctuation at all. Look, I had good uh, listening to it back. I was quite pleased with my Scouse and with my yeah, South really African. Good. Just not with my walking. Did you like my staff? <laughs> Very good stuff. Very good. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the end of the episode. All that leaves uh, now is, uh, first of all, let's uh, give recommendations. Recommendations? Yes. yes, of course. Well, seeing as you haven't seen Last Night in Soho, and I've got it here on DVD for oh. you, I'm going to give it to you. Thank and you, you can bring it. I'm like a little video. Like I'm like blockbusters for you. What are you going under? 
<laughs> Maybe when the when we stop recording. Just saying, he just uh, lifted his eyebrows at me, and that was horrendous. Um, <laughs> can I just say, I actually brought your DVD sightseers back in perfect condition. Did. Didn't scratch it. Yeah, yeah. I almost forgot it. I'll I'm be totally surprised. honest. And and Callum turned up early today. Yeah. Which is, and it was like ten minutes early. I've never known him in his life to do that. But there is an actual <laughs> solid explanation to that. The reason that I was early. Um, so I was supposed to be here at half five. What I put in my calendar was be here for five o'clock. I turned here, I turned up here at five twenty-five. <laughs> so, so again, <laughs> chronically late. He just got the wrong time. But I'm taking it as early. Do you know Chris couldn't believe? He couldn't believe it when I turned up, could you? You went. Oh, I've got to explain to you why I'm early. I'm like, no, no, you don't. You have to explain to me why every other time you've been late for everything. That's the explanation. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, so that's your recommendation to me. My recommendation to you, as we've been talking about um, Edgar Wright today. Uh, so, I've got... Um, uh, so, so, I met um, uh, an actor the other day. I met a few new actor friends the other day. Um, uh, we uh, did a shoot together, and it was very fun. I had a nice uh, few drinks. Uh, and anyway, one of the people uh, that I met, uh, whose name is Rafe, um, he's... He's kind of a, a new actor, uh, hasn't been, like yourself, hasn't had any kind of formal training. Cool. Um, but he's, uh, so he's doing it without training. He's looking like he might go into training. But anyway, uh, like a lot of these people we spoke about today, with his friends, he's just getting out there and just making stuff. Not waiting for people to come at his door uh, and for the money to come around. He's just making stuff. And he's made this film, which he's released, uh, and it's going out to um, film festivals and, and stuff like that. Um, he's uh, made a film with his friends called Spooky Bastards. Spooky Bastards. And I say bastards because that's how he said it to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very much, um, it, it's very Edgar Wright-inspired. Um, it's very funny. It's very quirky. It's only about uh, only about I think twenty minutes or so long. So not going to take up much of your time. Um, and yeah, I just think it's really nice to shine light on these little projects that might not be seen otherwise. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, incredibly funny. And please watch it. And his name is Rafe Bird. So look at him. I've auditioned Rafe Bird. No, you haven't. I have auditioned Rafe Bird. <gasps> for no. Jack's role in Last Shot and Confess. No! I have met Rafe Bird. That's mental. And, and I thought he was very good. He's from Nottingham. How? That's he, so odd. He's got a base in Great Yarmouth. Yes. And, yeah, I've, I, I've genuinely auditioned Rafe Bird. He, I didn't give him the role. <laughs> but well, he, there we go. We're giving back to you now, no, Rafe. But, but he was excellent. He was really good. incredibly good. Um, that is so strange. That's good on him. Yeah, really. That I think you'll world. love it. It's brilliant. It's really good. Rafe, I hope you're listening. It was <laughs> nice to meet you on auditions. I'm sorry I didn't get you the role that time, but you were you were <laughs> incredible. You were very good. You were an incredibly strong candidate. He's very um, good. Very funny. I'm excited man. to see that you're doing stuff like this, and I will check it out. Yeah, man. So that is my recommendation to you, good sir. Um, and now, if we go on to. Um, uh, Callum's Confessions. Yeah. So we were just thinking about this uh, during the break um, and uh, while well, that lovely advert was on um, and kind of thinking about um, what the confession might be this week uh, and what did what did you come up with, Chris? Well, I had a couple, but y- you've, you've identified that you haven't seen Alien. Yeah. Which is insane well, this me. is what Callum's Confessions is about it is a confession yeah I've, I've never seen it I've Why seen but what's worse <laughs> is that 
I have seen an alien film, Alien 3, when we were in film studies. That's the only alien film I've ever watched, which is regarded as one of the worst. Even though I thought it was quite good. Well, you're wrong. Um, (laughs) If you think Alien 3 is good, wait till you see Alien, the actual one that you're meant to see, you muppet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I will lend you my Blu-ray and you can watch Alien. It is so good. Again, watched it far too young. Um, It's like terrifying, isn't it? It's it's like they had the same thing with Jaws, whereas the the shark didn't look very good on camera. Yeah, yeah. So they they didn't didn't show it much, much, which makes the horror Mm. so much worse. Mm -hmm. And again, you barely see the alien, Mm. and it's so scary. Maybe that's where they went wrong then, because over the years, obviously, as CGI has got better, they showed more and more of the alien. So maybe yeah, that's what it is. It's 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 yeah. That's that's what I love about horror. That stuff that the more you don't show, the scarier it is. You know. Mm. Well, there we go. So my so Callum's confession this week is Alien. Yeah. Are we that, doing... that first one was Ridley Scott, was it not? Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Are we doing some plugs? Yeah. So let's do some plugs before we finish because we might as well. Because um, I've always Chris, got something you, to plug. Uh, you always do. Uh, so <laughs> off you go. Uh, well, so my podcast, the book at the end of the shelf, uh, finished its first series. Uh, the finale Woo! was Very good. a year and a day. Very good. Um, and that is being adapted for the stage. It's got four previews coming up in May and June mm-hmm. uh, across Norfolk and London. And then we're headed to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for two weeks where I'll be doing the show and hopefully getting some more tour dates afterwards. Very I've already got nice. one, to- one tour date after that lined up. So yeah, follow Raising Cane Productions to find out more about a year and a day. You liked it, didn't you? I did, I did. I, it's I quite sad, isn't it? Not to like it, uh, but no, it is genuinely brilliant. And again, you you come out of. I think the rhyming is a lot less. Um, as I say, the rhyming wasn't really a problem for me in the other ones. I, I got over it very quickly, but it's a lot less. Um, uh, I don't know, obvious in this because you're talking as a character rather yeah. than like talking as a storyteller. You really don't really notice it, and especially because you've got a different voice and you use your Irish, which is very good. Um, yeah, it is very good. So it's about a man called Nathan who gets cursed and he mm. skips forward in time a, a year and a day. So he only has one day, then he falls asleep, and a year and a day has passed. And so it's about his kind of like interactions with his family and and all the shit he causes them for being away. Mm. More so in the stage play than than the audio version. We've got like a strong like kind of crime storyline in it. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see what you do with the longer version because I think the 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 short one um, was was fantastic. Thank you. So. Oh, why am I being nice to you again? Have you got anything to plug? Uh, right, so well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, well, obviously, the show that we're doing in uh, which we'll, of course, yeah. Um, Sorry, my other plug. <laughs> well, no, no, it's your so, show. It's your joking. show. Please talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about your. Tell show. me why it's great. <laughs> well, because I'm in it. Um, I'm the main plug of it, really. Uh, no, so it's Jack Fisher, um, uh, <laughs> who Rafe Bird unfortunately lost out to. Oh, sorry, Rafe. Um, but yeah, I'm no. sorry, so I'm just baffled by that. Yeah, I'm baffled it, that is so weird. Such a small world. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, uh, yeah, so we have um, last shot and confess, which is touring once again. It was in October. It's touring again uh, in March. This is again with Chris's company, Raising Cane uh, Productions. He just doesn't stop. Um, and uh, and yet, yeah, so we're touring around eight different venues. I can't. I don't think you can either. I can't see off the top of my head all of them. 
course um, I can. Okay, go on then. Go on. We're starting at Clive Village Hall. We're going to Southfold Arts Centre. We're then going to Hoverton Village Hall, Old Buckingham Village Hall, Munford Village Hall, Brancaster Village Hall. We're going to St George's Theatre in Great Yarmouth, and then we're finishing off at Freckenham Village Hall. Well done, good sir. Well done. So we're doing all of that. Um, so yeah, very much uh, looking forward uh, to that. Uh, and then I'm also uh, in a musical um, uh, called Steam uh, at the Wells Maltings. Um, so more on that in, in future episodes as we get closer. That's not till the beginning of, of April. So that'll be after the uh, the tour with Raising Cane Productions. Um, but yeah, um, please, please come and come and see these i think uh, we, we've done a lot of work on uh specifically um on uh, on last shot and um and confess and uh, we had a really good reception in october and i hope we continue to in march and uh, we we love doing it uh yeah it's an absolute pleasure fantastic thank you for listening i've got to do a song haven't i yeah i haven't i genuinely haven't thought of anything here we go this is um, really going to test your talent or oh lack my of god do you need a second no okay okay and here to chris Satan Clark for our final song, Goodbye. Callum likes Wes Anderson, his films are really strange. I can't get my head around them, they keep playing on my brain. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> All the chords are wrong, but... <laughs> Live very much. in concert for you. And goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>